0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Rogers. In trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in? Him? In the inside, it is caught for the win. Pressure passes picked off. Welcome back to another episode of PAX What She Said. We are officially on our 20th show, which is kind of hard to believe. It feels... I love that you're dancing. It makes me happy. (laughs) It's hard to believe that we're already 20 episodes in, but here we are. And today, we think this is going to be fun. We are going to talk about seven players on offense and seven players on defense and play a game called Progression or Regression. Yay! <laughs> Woo! Spoiler <laughs> alert: it's all it's all progression. <laughs> just kidding. So yeah, we're gonna pick. Uh, we're gonna go through stat lines, players, and for some of them, they won't be twenty nineteen stats. So we'll let you know ahead of time, and you can you can play along with us at home. Should be a fun time, and uh, let us know your thoughts uh, on Twitter because we're trying to grow our Twitter following. In addition to those that just listen on the on uh, various streaming sites. So while we do appreciate you, please also follow us on social media. Um, but as always, I'm Maggie Loney, joined by Perry Goldstein. And Perry, how are you doing today? <laughs> <I> hate you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. You know, it's Tuesday. I leave for vacation tomorrow. Super pumped. I like it, that beer you're drinking. Thanks. It's
1: oh, yeah, we're not supposed to talk about what beer we're drinking in case somebody wants to pay to advertise their beer with us.
0: Okay. Well, if anyone's listening who runs a local Wisconsin brewery, Maggie is the queen of buying local, drinking local and promoting local. So if you want us to promote you, it's already naturally happening. We can do it. Say your name.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Follow us on Twitter for that too. Yeah. But that was, that was brilliant. I think we're done with the show for today. I think we're just, (laughs) all right. Let's get started with the offense. Uh, We'll start with the obvious one. Aaron Charles Rogers. In 2019, he had a completion percentage of 62%, threw for 4,002 yards, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions, and a 95.4 quarterback rating. Progression or regression for Aaron Rodgers in 2020? So
0: this is an interesting one because I actually think that even if his stat line isn't MVP level Rogers, 2011, 2014 Rogers. Like I think he can still, it can still mean that he progressed. So do I think that he will throw around 4,000 yards again next season? Yeah. Do I think that like his touchdown to interception ratio will stay the same? Yeah. Cause he's super interception adverse. Um, <laughs> But I think he's going to throw the ball less uh, I think we're going to run it more. And I hope <laughs> I hope that him and the receivers get on the same page where his completion percentage will be higher. That I do expect to be higher because there were a lot of drops.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think progression in almost every category, maybe like you said, not attempts, but I would expect the percentage to go up. Um, I think you'll have a little bit more yardage just because um, outside of Devontae Adams being three yards shy of 1,000 yards, nobody else had over 500 yards receiving. So I think if you look at Lazard uh, taking starting snaps from the beginning, EQs coming back, we know, again, that you're the conductor of the EQ hype train. Um, Jay Sternberger heading into year two as likely tight end one. He should have more options here. So I would think that that will go a long way for him. I could honestly, and maybe this is sacrilegious, see him throwing a couple more interceptions because I think that he's going to feel the pressure to – make bigger plays and make things happen, especially if that trust with his receivers grow. Um, But yeah, Aaron Rodgers to me definitely feels like a progression in 2020. So going to the other Aaron on offense, Aaron Jones, his stat line is incredible. I mean, 2019, he had 236 rushing attempts for 1,084 yards and 16 touchdowns. He was averaging 4.6 yards per carry He had 474 yards receiving with three touchdowns. Um, The 474 yards receiving was also good for third on the team behind only Alan Lazard, outside of Devontae, of course. Um, 1,558 yards from scrimmage, and he played on 62% of offensive snaps. So I know that that's a lot to digest, and he doesn't have to progress or regress in every category, Mm -hmm. but what are your overall thoughts on Jones?
0: So my thoughts on Jones is that I like looking at his like yards per carry and things like that, because I think that those will stay the same, if not maybe be better, but I think he's just going to have less attempts. Therefore he might have less yards, less touchdowns in both rushing and receiving categories. And the only reason I think that is because we're going to have more of a rotation. And so we'll use AJ Dillon, we'll use Jamal Williams and Owens will, Uh, Jones will just be on the field a little bit less. Um, And so that's not to say it won't be a progression. I think they're just going to use him in the ways that he's really good at more times and he'll just be on the field less.
1: Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Cause I, it's hard. I mean, if you look at his talent, I don't think there's any type of drop-off from a productivity standpoint in that regard. But like you said, you know, however they plan to utilize him, he might have more receiving yardage, less rushing yardage, 19 total touchdowns in the regular season is going to be very challenging to duplicate and it's it won't be you know for lack of trying or anything it's just the offense is going to funnel through so many different pieces that it feels like we have to call that a regression just because to have a second season like that would be almost unheard of it would be too high standards to put on him to be quite honest yeah yeah Right. So it's a healthy regression.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because it'll preserve his body. And if we are interested in extending him, which it sounds like there's been conversations, we want
1: to preserve his strength. Right. And a regression from Aaron Jones doesn't necessarily mean a regression on offense, which I think is important. You know, if his stats aren't lighting up the scoreboard like we, would, we got used to in 2019, That's not to say that Jay Sternberger and Alan Lazard and MVS and other players aren't stepping up. So I think a regression from Aaron Jones means that the offense is finding better balance, which is something that they needed to do in 2019. Next up, we do have Devonta Adams, who is always fun to talk about. He only played in 12 games in 2019. He had 997 yards, just shy of 1,000, five touchdowns, um, played – You know, averaged about twelve yards per reception, and then he had a sixty-five percent catch percentage. So, looking at his numbers as a whole, where do you think he stands in twenty twenty?
0: I think it's an absolute progression. I think Devontae eclipses a thousand yards, eclipses ten touchdowns this season. Like, has himself, you know, another Pro Bowl year, and the reason I think that is because he gets double teamed so much because he's clearly the go-to guy. And if we have other weapons that are, is going to pull the defense away because they're an actual threat. Let's say it's MVS going deep becomes a connection that works or Alan Lazard is someone that garners attention. Jay Sterberger, all of those options um, is just going to make it so that Devante has more one-on-ones and those are where he wins. And so I think if the offense is moving the way it's supposed to, and it's working. It's actually going to leave one seven open for some big plates.
1: Yeah. And we kind of saw Devante come on towards the end of the season. You know, he was battling that turf toe in the very beginning of the season. He wasn't really looking like himself towards the middle of the season. And then once he hit playoff Devante, he got really hot. So I think that that will carry over, especially like you said, in a more balanced offense, Um, knowing Devontae Adams was the guy that Rodgers was looking for in 2019 made his numbers challenging, but he still obviously played very well and put up really nice statistics. So seeing what happens when all the attention isn't on him in 2020, I definitely think he eclipses 1,000 yards. I agree with you. The 10 touchdowns feels pretty good. I'll say at least eight. (laughs) 10 is, you know, anytime you get double digits is fantastic, but – and I think that his uh, yards per reception will also go up in 2020. So, so far we're, I guess we have two progressions and one regression, but we've decided it's a healthy regression. So maybe we're just homers. I don't know. <laughs> Let's now shift to Alan Lazard, who is kind of an enigma just because we're not as familiar with his body of work. He really got hot the, the Lions game and then saw the field a lot more after that point. So Ended the season with 477 yards, second on the team, three touchdowns. Uh, He only had three starts, so he only played in 44% of offensive snaps. Uh, Had a 67% catch percentage, which was highest on the team, well, for a receiver. And then he averaged 13.5 yards per reception. So, Alan Lazard in 2020, progression or regression?
0: Definitely progression. And that's what we want, right? Like, we don't want last season to be a fluke. We don't want... These numbers to be like what he is. We want him to be wide receiver too. So um, I think definitely, I mean, he's going to start more games also. So he's going to have more opportunities. He's going to be on the field way more than 44% of the time. Um, So, yeah, I think in all categories, honestly, I I expect it to be more. Not to say it's going to be like Devontae Adams where he's going to have a thousand yards, but if he's more in the 550s, 600s, like that's a place where um, I think we can kind of expect him to be.
1: Yeah. I actually just wrote about this for T-Set TV. So if you're interested in learning more about Alan Lazard, feel free to read that. But I, you know, I think we all agreed going into 2020, at least initially, that he would be wide receiver two on the roster. And that's not to say that guys like MVS, EQ, and Devin Funches won't rotate in, but I think he's proven through his body work that he's wide receiver two at least to start the season on the depth chart. So Like you said, I definitely think his snap count is going to increase. I think if you spread out his yards per reception over like a longer period of time, if he could produce between 600 and 800 yards for the offense, it would make such a drastic difference because, you know, we keep going back to it. No other receiver had over 500 yards. The fact that Lazard only took three starts and had 477 yards means something. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to think that given more opportunities and Rogers has been, you know, going to bat for him from the jump. So that connection seems like it's already solidified. So having him as a viable wider receiver two in the rotation and knowing how much 11 personnel the Packers play, even if he's not necessarily wider receiver two, even if he is wide receiver three, he'll still get plenty of opportunities to rotate in. So definite progression from him too. This one now gets interesting. So we're going to talk about Devin Funches from the 2018 season. His best statistical season was 2017, but I thought the 2018 would be a little more realistic because it was his last quote unquote full season before he got injured with the Colts. So he played in 14 games, started 12, was on 59% of offensive snaps. He had a 55% catch percentage and he had 549 yards with four touchdowns. With that total and knowing who he was playing with, Progression or regression from Devin Funches in 2020?
0: Ooh, well, that catch percentage better go up or else Aaron Rodgers (laughs) is not throwing him the ball. Um, (laughs) I mean, that's barely more than Alan Lazard. And for someone who was, what, a second-round pick and, you know, expected wide receiver to, you know, I don't think they brought him in for those numbers. So you would hope that it's a progression, like you want that to be higher. Um, We can't, if we can expect more from Alan Lazard, we definitely should expect more from Devin Funches. Do I think it's going to happen? I have no idea. It depends on how healthy he is and if he fits in the offense, if he fits with Rogers, like we expected more from Jimmy Graham and Jimmy Graham had less than, than Alan Lazard as well. So um, I definitely expect and anything less than a progression would be a disappointing free agent signing.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think that Funchess will come in as wide receiver three. He'll definitely be in the rotation, but I don't know if he'll if he'll be a starting, you know, boundary guy. Um, I think he'll have plenty of opportunities to kind of rotate in. And like you said, he was a second-round pick. Theoretically, at this point, we're assuming that the Packers brought him in instead of drafting a player in the second round. So if you look at what your expectations would have been for a rookie receiver learning the offense and getting acquainted with, getting acquainted with the system— we can expect similar things from Devin Funches. So I honestly think if he put up these exact numbers in 2020, we wouldn't have an issue with it as Packers fans, especially if we're thinking Lazard could go 600 to 800, 549 yards would have already been good for second on the team in 2019. So, and four touchdowns, I mean, that's pretty significant. So even if Funches plateaus and stays exactly at these numbers, like he said, assuming his catch percentage can go up just a little bit, um, I think that would be pretty significant. So I think I'll say regression for Devin Funches just because I, I'm i thinking that other guys will step up and take some snaps away from him. But if he turns into a viable third or fourth option on the roster, you would take that any day given what the stable of receivers looked like in 2019. So talking about his catch percentage, then I want to shift to Marquez Valdez-Gantling who had only 26 receptions on 56 targets 452 total yards, two touchdowns, 17.4 yards per reception, which we know is an inflated statistic because he had a 74 yard catch and touchdown. Um, but he had a 46 catch percentage. So let's talk about that regression or progression for MVS in 2020.
0: I think it's going to be all about how he fits in this offense. And if he if a bunch of other guys like we've talked about, we have Devontae, we have Alan Lazard, we have EQ coming back. We have now three running backs who will be on the field. Like where does MVS, you know, Jay Sternberger, like where does MVS fit? Like how often is he actually going to be on the field? Um, I mean, these numbers are not great. We would have loved more, but I just don't know how much more he has to give. Um, So I think, I mean, I definitely want the catch percentage higher. That's, that must be the lowest of the team, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that should go up, but I see if he can hit some of those big plays, then it'll be a progression from last season, but he, it may, this may just be who he is that he may just plateau.
1: Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point too, where a progression from him doesn't necessarily mean a statistical progression. It means that he fits better in the offense. And when Aaron Rodgers gets defenses to jump, he capitalizes on a free play. So 452 yards is pretty significant for him and what we kind of expected him to be in 2019. So if he still has 450 ish yards in 2020, I would call that a win, especially when you think he's going into the season as wide receiver four or five. So if he can work his way into the rotation and still put up those numbers, that means something, but I just don't see his numbers being, you know, a lot higher than this at this point if the cash percentage stays the way it is. So we've got one more person on offense, then we can recap and jump to the defense. And this last person on offense is entirely cheating and we know that it's cheating. Um, so instead of progression or regression, because it has to be a progression, Jay Sternberger, what would be your expectations for him and kind of what his ceiling can be for the 2020 season? Wow.
0: What a question. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, we're very high on Jace Sternberger, and I think that's why he slipped in here because we just want to talk about him. But I, yeah. I want to kind of compare it to Jimmy Graham for a second, just to, like, level the field, you know. So Jimmy Graham obviously was tight end one last season. He only started 10 games. I fully expect Jace to start all 16 or 14 out of 16. Um, he was targeted 60 times and had 38 receptions. So definitely expect – that to be higher for Jace, even though Jimmy had a 63% catch percentage, I just see Jace being targeted more. Um, Jimmy had 447 yards and three touchdowns. Um, This is an interesting one to me. I was thinking about is Jace going to be a red zone threat or is he going to be a attack the middle of the field threat? You know what I mean? Or is he (laughs) going to be both? I don't know. Um, So, I mean, I I would like to see more yards in this as tight end one, especially if we're gonna use more two tight end cents, etc. Um, I would love to see him more of the five, six hundred range in yards, um, and maybe a touchdown or two more. But it just all depends on how he's used. Cause you know, he he could be in there to block as well and that excuse things. So but I expect all if if the baseline is Jimmy Graham, it's going to be higher than that.
1: Yeah, I think that you know it's it's fair, I guess, to have high expectations for Jay Sternberger, but we also don't have like a very large body of work to look at at this point. But you and I have talked about this quite a bit. I don't know if we've ever done it on the show necessarily, but you know we've both gone through and rewatched the 2010 season. I know you're working through 2011, and we keep coming back to how good your Michael Finley was, and how the Packers, as much as I love Richard Rodgers, have not had that kind of threat in the middle of the field or as a tight end presence since them. And you could argue that Jared Cook was kind of on his way to being that towards the end of the season, and then they didn't re-sign him. Um, Jimmy Graham was brought in to be that guy, and he did have a nice connection with Rodgers, but it just wasn't panning out the way that you know Packers fans maybe expected it to. So there's a lot riding on Jay Sternberger's shoulders, and it might not be fair to say that at this point, but I think Packers fans are just so desperate to have a tight end that's a threat in the middle of the field again, or a red zone threat because they've missed that for so long. So obviously he has to progress from 2019. It's cheating. We know that we're going to say that it's a progression, but I think, like you said, four touchdowns would be significant for him going into his second season. I don't necessarily see him being the blocking guy. I know he'll do it all if he's asked to on the field, but with Josiah DeGuara coming in and Rob Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis coming back, I think that he will be primarily a pass catcher opening up the middle of the field. And that's what I'm most excited to see from him in 2020. Yes. So to recap the offense, then we have Aaron Rodgers, who we both agreed was a progression. We have Aaron Jones, who we said was a regression, but it was a progression for the offense. So Call that what you want. A healthy regression. <laughs> Devonte Adams, we agreed, was a progression. Alan Lazard was a progression. Devin Funches, you said progression. I said plateau, which is fully cheating, and I will own that. Um, Jay Sternberger, we said, was a progression. And then MVS, eh. <laughs> Wild card? Wild card. So what we've really done here is proclaimed that the offense has to be significantly better in every single category whether it's the tight end production the wide receiver production and the running game will be more balanced and everything is just going to come up millhouse so
0: well i think it's a fair i think it's fair of us to expect a little bit more cohesion yes. when it's year 2 uh, you know like it's it's fair to say okay you've been this in this for a year we actually have some more pieces to work with this season the offense should get better and that may mean we could just because the offense gets better doesn't mean we have to go 13 and three again. You know, we could lose more games and have the team still be better.
1: Yes. And this is a shameless plug. If you've not listened to episode 19 with Rachel Hotmire, please do that. But we did talk about this with her last week and say that just because, you know, we're going into year two and the stat lines may look different. We should be getting a more pure look at what Matt LaFleur wants to do with his offense. He was given pieces that he feels he needs to have a successful offense and AJ Dillon, Josiah DeGuara. So those players themselves may skew to statistics for other players on the roster as far as a progression or regression standpoint. But as a cumulative whole, we feel that the offense should be better in year two. Once Matt LaFleur really has the opportunity to do what he's wanted to do all along so that feels fair Mm -hmm. we're not necessarily that much of homers at this point but now we're going to talk about the defense and this will be the test to see if we really are biased so let's first talk about kenny clark he had 62 total tackles nine tackles for a loss seven quarterback hits uh, one forced fumble six sacks 15 quarterback pressures played 16 out of 16 regular season games for the Packers and was on the field for 84% of defensive snaps, which for a big guy is a huge percentage. So yeah. Kenny Clark, 2020 progression or regression?
0: Um, This is tough because I think we rode Kenny too much and I fully expect us to sign him again. And I think similar to Aaron Jones and that, like we want to preserve him and we want some of the other guys like Kingsley Kiki and Tyler Lancaster and Dean Lowry to really like one of them step up and take more of those snaps. So if Kenny's numbers go down, I don't think it necessarily means anything. I think he's still going to be the impactful guy that we know that he is. Um, I just think, and kind of hope honestly to save his body that he's just not on the field that much.
1: Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit as far as like what the defensive line room looks like and what the edge room looks like and how Mike Patton will use both of those rooms, you know, to, to get after the quarterback. So I think 84% of snaps is a lot for Kenny. I think that that will go down, but we did see in 2018, he also had six sacks. So I think that this is kind of a comfortable range for him where whether you're asking him to get after the quarterback or to eat up blocks, He's fully capable of performing well in this role. So I guess from a stat line perspective, I'll agree with you that we're looking at a regression here, but it's only because we're hoping to see guys like Kingsley Kiki on the field more getting those uh, increased numbers, Rashawn Gary getting some increased numbers. So I'm with you there Uh, regression. And this is going to be really hard for me, but now we have to talk about Zadarius Smith and what we expect out of him. 13 and a half sacks, 55 spitting total tackles, uh, 37 quarterback hits, 22 quarterback knockdowns, also played 16 out of 16 games, and 84% of defensive snaps. So what do you see out of Z Smith in 2020?
0: I mean, those are monstrous numbers. I mean, that that to me is like I can't believe a human did that last (laughs) season. Like I know I watched it, but – that's crazy. I mean, it's, I think it's similar to Kenny in that we hope Rajan has more snaps. We hope Sean is getting home to the quarterback more. Will Z and Preston, too, maybe have less sacks? Sure. I mean, 13 and a half sacks is ama- insane. Um, he pressured the quarterback the most in the NFL last season. So... Will he be a top five guy again next season? Yes. Will he have 13 and a half sacks and 37 QB hits? Probably not, but again, it doesn't mean he won't be as impactful. It may mean that Preston gets more or Rashawn Gary gets more or Kenny gets home. So I think it's, I, I just, I, what I hope is that it's more balanced.
1: Yeah. And I think this is really interesting because we talked about two players whose primary job is to get after the quarterback. And then we're going to shift gears and talk about the secondary. So I think the the hope right now is that you see a little bit of regression in stats from Zedarius and Kenny because you want a more balanced front seven. And you don't want them to be on the field for as much as they were because Mike, Mike Patton even said you know, those guys are out there for too long and we put too much on them and they were getting gassed. And it was evident, you know, in the NFC championship game where they just, you can only stop the run for so long before, you know, you, you just are too winded to keep up. So yeah. Right. So the hope here obviously is that Rashawn, other guys step up and take some of that pressure off. So the regression is a healthy regression (laughs) to even out the defense. Um, But now let's talk about the secondary because I know you specifically wanted to talk about this player, Adrian Amos. So 16 out of 16 games for the Packers, 100% of defensive snaps, two interceptions, eight passes defensed, one sack, 84 total tackles, two quarterback hits, and four tackles for a loss. So... Of the 2019 free agent class, I think Adrian Amos gets a little bit over or underlooked for his contributions. But what do you think he, his numbers look like in 2020?
0: Yeah, the reason I wanted to talk about Adrian Amos was mostly because I just wanted to highlight like what a solid player he is. I was just about to curse because I feel that strongly about it. Like he is so solid. Turn. He gets he gets no credit. 84 tackles. That's second behind Blake Martinez. Like that is amazing. Um, I think that he will have a progression next season. Um, if not, if he just sticks to what he did last season and is solid, reliable there when you need him, like I, I think it's a win. Um, but I do see him progress a little bit. Maybe he'll get another, an interception or two more, um, maybe another tackle or two. But I think this is is the player that he is.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's hard it's called progression or regression. But a lot of these guys, if they plateau, it's still perfect. Like they're still doing exactly what you'd want that player to do. So looking at a Packer secondary, and we can make this argument for most of the players we're going to talk about a secondary that has been musical chairs for the last five or so seasons without any type of stability to have a guy like Adrian Amos come in under the radar, make the immediate impact that he did on the defense. And then, you know, that your safety play is locked in. That means a lot. So 100% of defensive snaps, you know, he was one of the few guys on the defense that had that. So I do agree with you that he might progress a little bit in some categories, regress a little bit in others. But I think if you get consistent play out of him in 2020, you would call that a win seven days a week. Uh, So let's talk about his counterpart then in the backfield, Uh, Darnell Savage, who for having a rookie season, he... He put up some pretty nice numbers, two interceptions, five passes, defense, two forced fumbles, 55 total tackles, one quarterback hit, played 83% of snaps in 14 out of 16 regular season games. So what about him going into 2020?
0: Yeah, definite progression from Darnell Savage. I think rookie season to play the way he did. I know he was out for a little bit with an injury, but um, I think really solid. And so it's hard. I think it's hard for rookies, especially ones that get thrust on the field so early to start. Um, and I find that the secondary is is one of the harder adjustments. Um, he just he played so well, and he has such good instincts. And so I imagine another season, you know, alongside Adrian Amos, another season with Pettin. I definitely expect him to progress.
1: Yeah, and the thing I like about him is that he's getting the opportunity to thrive as a free safety. So I think the reason that Amos had such high total tackles is because he played in the box. He was kind of that strong safety where he would press towards the line in a number of different looks. And Darnell Savage just gets to kind of float around the backfield and make, or in the secondary where he makes plays. So. I do agree with you that I think his interception total will go up. I think that as he gets a greater feel for the defense and gets more comfortable kind of being in charge of the secondary, those numbers will go up but as you know, a rookie season, when he was on the field, he was making plays and again, that's exciting when our secondary is something that's kind of shifted for so many seasons. You know, Four seasons ago, the Packers were in the NFC Championship game with players that aren't on the roster anymore in the secondary, so to have stability now, let's talk about Kevin King because we're talking about stability and Kevin King has put up some fantastic numbers. Now that he's finally healthy 14 out of 15 games, or he played 15 games, started 14, 77% of defensive snaps. He had five interceptions in the regular season, led the team 15 passes defensed, which is pretty fantastic. One forced fumble, one sack, 66 total tackles. So, Kevin King entering a contract season. What do you expect from him in 2020? And do you think it'll be enough for the Packers to consider re-signing him? I don't want to answer that second
0: question. (laughs) Um, Okay. So here's my thing with Kevin King was this was his first season healthy. And I feel like this was our first season where we got to see what he is. Now, was this his ceiling or was this his norm? Does he have more in the tank? I don't know. But if... He's going to pull it all out. It's going to be this year, right? So, he's he's playing for his contract. So, I, I don't know if you can progress from five interceptions. Like, that's a lot. But some of, I guess a progression to me isn't so much the stat line, but not blowing some of the big plays and I know that not it's not always his fault I understand that sometimes he gets left on an island and it's not his fault but I think just going back to what you said earlier in terms of consistency if he can be more consistent which just doesn't always show up on the stat line I personally hope that we re-sign him but again the cornerback market is so high and we have so many players to sign I don't he might just leave because someone else is going to pay him more Especially if he has another five interception season.
1: Yeah, it's really hard. That was not an answer. I just looked around <laughs> the bush. <there. laughs> That's how we're gonna play the game. Is we're just gonna cheat the whole time. But I think that Kevin King will see. I was gonna do it too. I was gonna say he'll plateau, but I really think that he'll come into his own this season. I think that he will make a significant push to because you know these contract years for players aren't necessarily hey team I'm currently playing on resign me it's hey rest of the NFL how much will you pay me when this is what I can do so he knows he's auditioning for all 32 teams and a massive second contract so I do think that his numbers will look really good he is a force in the red zone you know he's got great size to play the position so it's hard to think about, even if you do draft a guy in the first or second round, look what just happened with Josh Jackson. You know, he could have a breakout season, but you don't always hit on your draft picks. And just because the Packers hit on Jair, who we'll talk about next, doesn't necessarily mean that you want to start over when you're finally getting consistent play out of your secondary. So you finally have the safeties locked down. You got Jair for another couple seasons, then you're going to have to pay him big bucks. So I get not wanting to spend the significant capital on Kevin King, but, and yes, you always need to spend money somewhere. But when the secondary is finally playing the way that you really have needed it to for so long, it's hard to think about starting from scratch at that position when he is taking almost 80% of snaps on the defense would be almost a hundred percent if he was healthy for those final two games. So I'll say yeah. that he progresses.
0: Yeah. I think too, what's going to be interesting is apparently everyone wants to take the Tremont Williams slot snaps. And I'd be curious to see, it sounds from Jerry Gray, like they're going to maybe rotate it to start and see who does well in it. So maybe, I don't think Kevin King really fits in that role, but who knows? And, you know, maybe we find this new home for these guys that works really well and we do end up re-signing Kevin King cuz Jerry Grey came in and just made magic that was so optimistic i'm so sorry um <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean like there there are some unknowns that we're just we're going to have to see yeah and Jerry Grey
1: gives the team a lot to be excited about i mean he's got a really nice pedigree in the NFL so if he's coming in to work with the secondary it's entirely possible that these guys aren't even close to their ceiling yet which i think leaves a lot of room for optimism. Mike Patton had said that he talked to him for all of like five minutes and realized he was the guy and they wanted him in green Bay. So a lot of good praise for Jerry green He seems to have a lot of complimentary things to say about the guys that are currently in his room. So maybe that means they'll be comfortable letting King go in 2020. Maybe that means that they know that he's got that start potential and they need to develop that further. So somebody um, that you have dedicated your entire twitter to in recent days slash weeks jair alexander two interceptions 17 passes defense one force fumble one fumble recovery 58 total tackles played 16 out of 16 games for the packers and 99 percent of defensive snaps so i'm just gonna you know i'll go get another beer you just take the floor here and go to town
0: <laughs> progression 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 <laughs> progression like he this is the year like he has been building up since his rookie season he is on the way he's hungry for those interceptions he knows what he needs to do to be taken seriously as a top cornerback in the NFL to become that become that shutdown lockdown household name across the league corner I've been saying it for a long time like this is going to be the year so progression like Jair is about to break out watch out
1: Sorry, Mark just texted me and asked if I wanted a second beer, and I was like, what a king. (laughs) That's king stuff. (laughs) Um, But, no, I fully agree with you that Jair is, this is the year he puts it all together. I think that we'll see him in the slot, which the physicality that he'll bring to that spot is so exciting to me. We know the Packers have struggled with tight ends. We know they've struggled with defending against the run. But you, what did you call him today, a big bully? I want to see big bully Jair Alexander against tight ends in the slot, and I think that is going to be a matchup nightmare for opposing offenses. You know, I know that he can play on the boundary, and he did that for most of 2019, but I think that that is something really exciting um, that the defense has to look forward to. Husband goals? <laughs> Husband, yep. There you go. Um, now I'm all flustered. Um, <laughs> but I do think that that he is definitely going to be progressing in 2020
0: 2020 (laughs) sweet so defense we also said was going to be a progression we have one more person to talk about on the
1: defense okay which this is the wild card so Oh.
0: oh is it Rashawn? no oh
1: it's christian kirksey Oh, But we're going to take his 2017 numbers, because in 2017, when we got to see a full 16-game season out of Christian Kirksey with the Browns, he played in 100% of defensive snaps, just like Blake Martinez did for the Packers. He had five passes defensed, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, three and a half sacks, 138 total tackles, six tackles for a loss, and six quarterback hits. So... However you want to take this, if you want to say this is contingent on him playing 16 games, if you just want to say a body of work in general, Christian Kirksey, the other really big free agent signing for the Packers in 2020, where do you see him and his stats?
0: Ooh, okay. Um, Packers fans may not love this, but... Blake Martinez was a really solid linebacker. Like he played hundred percent of snaps. He was that voice in the middle of the defense. Yes. Someone just honked outside my window. <laughs> um, and he had the most tackles by a long shot every season. He's one of the top tacklers in the NFL. So, and I know that he did other things wrong. I'm not saying that, but it, it's f- a fairly decent sized shoe bill for christian kirksey and he has all the tools to do it i i really believe that if he stays healthy it will be a progression from the stats that you just said it's just that um i i think blake martinez was also a really solid player so christian kirksey is also going to have to be a really solid player um i think they brought him in because they think he can be and he will progress from where he's been and get back to that sort of prime season numbers. Um, I don't know if he has more than that in him, though.
1: I'm sorry. I'm just still thinking about you said decent, sh- decent sized shoe to fill like one shoe. And it made me so happy. <laughs> like, 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 you don't have to fill both please, but he's got <laughs> to fill that one shoe. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Uh, well, shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked it. But I'm with you. I think that, you know, Blake Martinez, a lot of people like to critique the middle linebacker position after the fact. So A.J. Hawk put up some gaudy tackle numbers, but it was always that he was tackling beyond the line of scrimmage and not at the line of scrimmage. You know, he always gave up a couple yards, but then he would make the tackle. So I think Packers fans are expecting a lot from the middle linebacker. And that's fair when you see guys like Devin White. Bush. I'm excited to see what Patrick Queen can do and Kenneth Murray, because God knows if they have a nice season, it's going to be all we talk about in 2020 on Twitter. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of expectations for the middle linebacker and what that position is supposed to do, depending on your defensive coordinator and the scheme of your defense. So Blake Martinez, when he left for the giants had basically said, I did what I was asked and I tackled a lot of people, which is fair. That's, basically what he was asked to do but so if you're asking Christian Kirksey to do the same thing you're going to find success there but as somebody who has watched his body of work with the Browns I am optimistic about what he can do when he's healthy and I think from a defensive standpoint it'll be a progression with the caveat that he stays healthy so assuming that he can play a full season like he did in 2016 and 2017 I think he'll put up very similar numbers so Whether you want to call that a plateau or a progression from his 2018 and 2019 seasons, I think the Packers fans will be impressed by him and the way that he acclimates immediately to the defense with Preston and Zedarius. That's, I think, what I'm the most excited about. So wrapping up the defense then, we agreed that Kenny Clark and Zedarius Smith were going to be healthy regressions, which uh, would boost the overall production of the defense We have basically the entire secondary, Darnell Savage, Dyer Alexander, Kevin King, and Adrian Amos, either plateauing or progressing based on where you would limit their ceiling. And then we said Christian Kirksey, if healthy, should be no worse off than the Packers have been the last couple seasons with Blake Martinez. And that's not to say he's not a good player, but Blake Martinez was a solid player, not an exceptional player for the Packers defense. So I think that we were tougher on... The defense, the defense than the offense but i think that there's more room to grow on the offense than there was maybe in the defense
0: i agree with you we had a really solid season um i'd like to see us like finish games a little bit stronger and that's i think more of a scheme thing from Petton, like stop playing soft zone when we're ahead please dear god so <laughs> um like i watch you know you mentioned the old games like that 2010-2011 defense they did not give you anything you were up 35 to 10 and they were intercepting you. I'm sorry about the sirens. Um, (laughs) if you can hear them. Um, so that's a little bit just more of what I want to see. And that's again, a scheme thing.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think that there's a lot to be excited about. I'm glad you mentioned a regression in the record doesn't mean a regression from the team standards. So, the Packers went 10 and 6 and won a Super Bowl. Then they went 15 and 1 and lost in the divisional round of playoffs after having a bye. So think about it like that. The Packers went 13 and 3, lost uh, pretty traumatizingly in the NFC Championship game. Think about what a progression from the entirety of a holistic team standpoint would look like and what that would mean, even if the record decreases in 2020. So I think that's all the time we have for today, Perry. If the people want to follow you on social media, how can they do that? You can follow me at
0: Perry underscore Goldstein on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at PWSS podcast on Twitter. Please follow it. Cause we always have some fun things coming out updates that
1: you'll get on the podcast, Twitter, Maggie, where can everyone find you? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV and we both podcast with the pack a day podcast crew. Um, in our random rotations, you can always find one of us on there where we're, well, at least one of us is always doing something. So thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Please, please wear a mask. We want football. If you want football, wear a mask and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Uh-huh.